promise, this is the last time we'll talk about moving. Well, kind of, because this time we're talking about being on the move, in a train, or more precisely, on several trains. Way back when we decided to move to Virginia, we did it because we were going to be in a train line that would take us up to our daughters and my mother's. I'm Emily Morgan. And I'm Mike Morgan. And in this episode, we've got trains of two distinctly different sizes to talk about. Little bitty tiny toy ones and the great big kind. Yeah, we're going to revisit an old episode about play and having fun with your grandchildren. If you haven't heard it, I hope you'll stay and listen. And the other thing is that we're going to talk about trains to get us where we need to go. So it was a long time ago when we started talking about this as a this relocation as an option and one of the one of the components of that was uh, based on the fact that the Northeast Regional train line runs right close to where we've moved. Yeah. We have grandchildren, other grandchildren who live in New York City, and so we are anxious to get back up to see them. And then my mom, who lives about an hour north of Boston, uh, we want to be able to get to her when we need to. And I mean, really, one of the thoughts behind this was that Mike is still working. And as a result of you still working... I still need to be able to do work. Now, it's a little hard sometimes with Wi-Fi being spotty along the way, but at the very least, I can do work of the kind that isn't requiring Wi-Fi all the time. And we'll see how this goes. I mean, the theory is work from anywhere. Let's see if they really mean that. Yeah. Plus, I don't have to be a taxi cab driver all the way up the Northeast Coast. So I can actually read a book and relax or figure out what we're going to do on the podcast. So I think it's going to work out at least better than it has in the past. When we were coming from Indianapolis, which was a at least a 15-hour, if not 18-hour drive by the time we had to stop and use the bathroom a million times. So, you know, that's... That's part of being older. (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) It's so funny because when we first came here, we went to the train station and it was really hard for us to figure out all of the different routes and how we were going to get to where we needed to go and meet up with the schedule. So we needed professional help. And fortunately, there was a guy in an Amtrak uniform who wasn't too, who wasn't too busy frankly right then and when we explained our problem to him and then asked him to just figure it out he lit up like a christmas tree because this sort of thing he loves to do and hardly ever gets a chance to yeah we kept saying you know oh okay that's a, i mean it was a long time it was maybe even 45 minutes and we kept saying oh well it's okay we can we'll try to figure it out and he's like no 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 let me let me try to figure it out it was like a game for him he was having so much fun and i'm sure we'll see him again and maybe in a few years we'll all be on a first name basis but <laughs> <laughs> he he made our day and he planned our trip. So our yeah. first big um, train travel experiment uh, comes off uh, in a few weeks and we'll talk about it when it when Yeah, it does. we'll let you know how it goes. And if you have any train experiences that, that I'm not talking necessarily uh, tourist trains, although I would love to go on a train trip across Canada. So if you have any experiences with train trips, I'll probably ask that question on Facebook, but please write to us at grandlifeconnection at gmail.com. Or give us a phone call at 317-572-7876. Leave us a voicemail and let us know if we can use your audio on a future podcast episode. Yes. And while we're talking about that, we just want to ask you a favor. 
So as we would like to grow this podcast and continue to offer you content, we would really love a rating and a review of our podcast. Mike, how are they going to do that? Well, most ratings and reviews get put into whatever is the podcast app or podcatcher, as they call it, that you would tend to be using. So in Apple Podcasts, for example, the rating system is giving it a certain number of stars. I think it's one to five. The review process is right there close to it on the screen, but it involves actually typing or thumbing out, you know, words uh, as part of your review. Most podcatchers have some capability like that. And we would really, really appreciate anything you can do. And by the way, let's just make it clear. It's not about money because we're not not. making any money doing this. (laughs) This is purely a passion project. What we want is 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 a sense of scale. Right. Right. More listeners. We we have gotten more listeners over time, but we'd just like to get more. There and are more grandparents over time. I'd bet money that even with COVID taking out, uh, uh, you know, a share of uh, the population of elder persons in the country, still there are probably more grandparents now than there were in 2019 when we started this. What, yeah. do, you, what do you think? Um, I think you're probably right. And the thing is, you know, if each one of you, I guess I could ask each one of you to Tell one more person about the podcast. Just tell them, you know, you can go on your Apple device, you can push podcasts, you write in the grand life and you can hear it. You can go on your Android device too. Let's not. Oh, you can. Okay. Sure. I don't have one, so I don't don't think of it that way. (laughs) Live in an Apple bubble. Yes, I do live in an Apple (laughs) bubble. As we think about going on these train rides, I keep thinking how wonderful it would be if we have good experiences with this, that we could offer to have a grandchild come with us, come with to New York City, come with us to go see a show in New York City, go up to Boston, go see their great-grandmother. I mean, to me, the idea of trains and train rides is just magical. But maybe maybe I'll feel differently after I do it. I don't know. I've taken a few trains, and it's been a good experience, but... You know, I haven't done anything this long or what I'm considering going to do more often. But think about that. How fun would that be to have one of the grandchildren come with us one way or the other? Wouldn't that be great? We did that with children, you know, once. Yes, we did. It was an excremental disaster. (laughs) Do you remember that? Yes. It was so bad. We have four children and one of them had a terrible attack of the runs in the train. And I have to say that for young parents, a train bathroom is just not equipped to help you in that situation. Well, it wasn't in the uh, the 80s. Yeah, I don't. I'm going to definitely give it a look to see if they even have changing station or anything for children, because at that time it was disastrous. And uh, but that wasn't the train's fault. That was. No, that's true. That was just baby stuff that happens. Anyway, the point is, um, We're going to listen to um, an episode, an old episode, and just part of this old episode. And it was about play. And it was about fun and imagination and inviting children in to um, play. And But how did we get from there to here? Well, we're going to talk about toy trains or model trains. And we took some of our grandchildren to this place in uh, Indiana which was a huge, like 3,000 square foot train tracks of all sorts. It was free. You go in and it was called Mr. Muffin's Trains. And you could 
pick up a muffin, sit down with your kids, then go and watch all these trains. I had the privilege of sitting down with Steve and Liz Nelson on a visit to their model train layout up in the small town of Atlanta, Indiana. It's quite a layout. It's a 3,000-square-foot train display. And it's called Mr. Muffin's Trains for a couple of reasons. When my kids were little, um, I would make up stories about the muffins, you know, take a joke and convert it into a story about the muffins. And um, so when I uh, started to get involved on eBay, one of my sons was going to build my profile for me. So he thought it'd be really funny to make it Mr. Muffin's Trains because that was the name I used as a kid, you know, and telling those stories. So uh, that's where it came from. But it didn't end there. In my imagination, you were Mrs. Muffin because there are muffins here with coffee and for people to indulge when they come to the layout. Is that how that evolved? We wanted to serve something, you know. I mean, we're Midwesterners, right? So we want to be gracious and hospitable. So she quickly had the idea, since we're Mr. Muffin's trains, to start making the muffins. And we've had several people on occasion tell us, yeah, I'd name the place, too, after the muffins. These are great. (laughs) Liz explained that as the model train layout has evolved from being in their home to an 1,800-square-foot building in the northern suburb of Indianapolis to a 4,000-square-foot rental property and finally to its present home in Atlanta, Indiana, the philosophy has always stayed the same. Our concept had always been, it's like you're coming into our house, it's just in a public space. We really felt very strongly that families needed some place that they could go and have a family activity and not cost them anything. Absolutely. So no matter what their circumstances, they could go and enjoy something together. And whether it's, you know, a single mom or dad with a small child, if it's our developmentally disabled population, which Uh has been phenomenal um, at Mr. Muffin's Trains, or a multi-generational group. You know, they don't have to worry about what's it going to cost us to do this. They can just drop in any time. Steve understands how much fun it is to watch model trains, even for those who are not train enthusiasts. Frank Sinatra's band members and David Letterman, to name a few. Steve's own personal history with model trains started early, and it includes a time before he began collecting. But given time and opportunity, that changed. I started hanging out at a toy and hobby shop at about eight years old, and I would pay for my newspapers and go there on Saturdays and help them unbox stuff, and I ended up befriending them. And they actually started feeding me by about 10. And uh, at 14, I was on the payroll. And uh, so I I had this great interest for uh, toy and hobby shop and selling toys and helping people with hobbies. And, uh, you know, that was before Toys R Us and all that. And the rich and famous of Indianapolis would shop there. I got to know, you know, lots of people. And uh, I went to their homes to help put model trains together on Christmas Eve and, you know, slot cars and all that kind of stuff. So I really fell in love with that business the hobby of people having a hobby. As an adult, he visited train and hobby shops all over the country, wherever his job took him. When work became stressful, he depended on his train hobby for relaxation. But as his interest grew, so did his collections. And at some point, he was advised to just make model trains his business. Why don't you just become a dealer and start selling trains? 
I thought that was a terrible idea. I mean, we didn't <laughs> want to do that. This is not a good idea. But uh, to pay the rent, break yeah, makes sense. We can break, yeah, pay the, the rent. Hobby. Yeah, <laughs> and it would pay for the hobby, and yeah. and then all of a sudden I could buy my stuff wholesale. That was the deal maker. Is yeah. buying wholesale. Yeah, I can buy wholesale. Absolutely. Yeah, well, there's a lot of dealers in the United States crying. Mr. Muffin was reluctant to join the business of model trains because it is really a passion for play that drives both Steve and Liz, not the money. And from the minute I walked into the store, I could tell that their mission was not to sell you a model train, although I'm sure they wouldn't mind if you wanted to buy one. But more importantly, it has always been to help others enjoy the play of the hobby. It starts with the wooden train tables in the front for the youngest visitors. Everything from front to back is accessible and hands-on. So much so that despite advice from a family member, Steve and Liz have chosen not to put their display trains behind plexiglass. Not putting it behind glass, making it attainable, and promoting the hobby, we want people to see that you can be in this space whether it's, you know, just a simple train set or if it's a room or a basement dedicated to it. We've helped a lot of people put in small layouts, portable layouts, collapsible layouts that fit under a bed um, in order to foster that interest. And by not putting it behind glass, people do feel that this is something they can do. In fact, one of the first things I noticed was a sign on the desk in the front that reads, Grandchildren Welcome, Parents by Appointment. There is absolutely nothing stodgy about the establishment. It's truly a place to play with both the trains and the imagination. Almost everybody that comes here has a train story. That a grandparent has ridden a train, maybe they had a train when they were a kid, you know. Everybody that comes here, this rings a bell. And so you have, you know, grandparents kind of being reminded of that here and they're and they're talking to their grandchild about their train experience. Hey, you know, when I went into the Army and I took a train to San Diego before I got on the boat and, and all these kinds of conversations. And, and they're things that grandchildren know anything about. So they're connecting on that. The grandkids, I mean, they just love the lights, the sound, the smoke, the motion. We're always surprised at the number of kids that are waving their hands through the smoke that's coming out of the smokestacks and, <laughs> and talking about, did trains really do that? Because everything we have is a model of a real thing, you know, yeah. and so there's a lot of conversations about that. You know, nobody cries in here. Only when they leave. We do have some of that. We had that this morning. The young man did not want to leave yet. But it's really a great opportunity to kind of reminisce. Watching trains is a great way to pass on memories. But in general, letting the child be the conductor of his or her own play journey is what it's all about. I think as a parent, we want to put energy behind what our kids are interested in and help them really expand in that space. Maybe that's readings, maybe that's books, seminars, podcasts, whatever that might be, you know, help them explore that. And if their interests change, that's fine. You're going to go from wooden toy trains to Lionel. You know, you're going to, your interests are going to change. So we just kind of support that. Something that Steve and Liz are not especially supportive of is the growing use of technology. We still need to teach creativity. We need to teach 
working with your hands to build something and to solve a problem and figure it out and create a vision for what you want to make and then make it. And that's not a two-dimensional task. That's not a computer task. Okay, It's a, it's a hands-on task. And so I think we still have an obligation to kind of teach that. We like to tell parents, put your electronics down and play with your kids. If a parent comes in here and sits on the couch with their phone, let their kid walk around the layout, we will go to them and say, hey, you're missing a parenting opportunity. Put your phone away and walk around the layout with your child and talk about what they're seeing. Talk about what you see. Have a conversation about, well, how do you think that was built? Or how did that come about? Or what about that you like? You're in a museum. So let's talk to your family member. Let's engage and Let's kind of enjoy that. So we really believe, you know, that at least one night a week, the parent needs to put their electronics down and play with their kids. This kind of connection will ensure a flourishing relationship with both grandkids and their grandparents. Grandparents generally are not interested in a computer game or doing something in two dimensions, you know, electronic. That's not their thing. And we have a lot of grandparents that are actively building a train layout with a grandchild. And so when they come to grandpa and grandma's house, they have something to do together. You know, not just, I'm going to sit here by myself and use my phone or my iPad. I'm so thankful for people like Steve and Liz who give so much of themselves to their community and speak out about the importance of the kind of play that encourages relationships especially ones that span the generations. You know, listening to Steve talk about his train store and his passion for trains, it just, it really just made me think about how fun it is to do something you're passionate about, like we do with the podcast. Steve's situation is special, I think. He's got this thing which he loves passionately and has Mm -hmm. for a long time. It really is the sort of the fuel in his engine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Didn't didn't mean to make a joke there. And then he's got (laughs) this uh, place that he's developed over time. Yeah. And it's super well equipped and he's got expertise and he's got a national reputation. Everything works together to allow him to spend his time doing things that are fun. Yeah. I did call him yeah. and get an update of how he's doing. And he's still going along, chugging along, <laughs> doing his <laughs> thing. And uh, he's reopened a restaurant next door and his wife works there and they have something called uh Second Saturday suppers, where the second Saturday of every month they have like tablecloths and fancy dinner that's like a f- three or four courses, and people just love coming and it, they make reservations and it's always full. And he says they're having a lot of fun. So his wife Liz is also doing what she loves to do, which used to be making muffins, and now it's turned into breakfast and lunch and these second Saturday suppers. So I think. It was just such a compelling thing to hear people do the things that they love to do. And he sounded happy and he thinks everything's great. And he's enjoying his semi-fame that he gets when he goes to York County to this train show. Um, And he's still opening up every Saturday for anybody for free who wants to come and watch these trains. People of all coming from all sorts of places, children with special needs, um, You know, just anybody who's interested, and he will talk about, you know, the trains and all the things he loves about the trains. So it's kind of fun. 
Yeah, that's that sort of thing. I hope we will find special places, special people like that, where we've uh, moved to, you know, our new adopted hometown. But the ability to hop in the car and drive 40 minutes and be transported into a place like like Mr. Muffin's trains was a cool thing about living where we used to live. Yeah. So now we have a new experience with real trains that we're going to have. And I also wanted to mention that we had an interesting experience just recently getting our driver's license. Uh, we both had to go get that and get our new license plates. And our license plate, so funny, begins with the letters TRX and then a number, which I thought was so funny. We both looked at each other like, okay, our grandkids are going to love it because it looks like T-Rex. We do have some dinosaur-loving grandchildren, as probably most people do. <laughs> so I'll run yeah. around wearing a suit or, you know, with, with my arms drawn up so that only only the hands protrude and... <laughs> We'll have fun with that. Yeah. But getting our driver's licenses was kind of an interesting, it's kind of a final thing, it seems. Like, you really live here now, you have different license plates, you have your driver's license, and you are on the move. So we are, in every sense of the word, on the move. That's, 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 my we goodness, are. my goodness. Yeah. Big deal. So... Watch out, Virginia. We're going to make a huge difference with our two votes. <laughs> and our one car. <laughs> and our one car. <laughs> I bet yeah. most people who listen didn't, didn't know that. Didn't know that we've been committed to be a one car family for years now. Yeah. Yeah, we have. There's a whole story behind that. And it's not that interesting. But we are talking about transportation. Yeah. And so our two votes in our one car. Hello, Virginia. <laughs> Yay. So we have settled in, starting to feel a little bit like home, almost feeling like retirement in some ways. We have a little more time on our hands. Don't tell my employer that. I know, a smaller uh, footprint, a, a, an ability to, to go to concerts with our grandchildren. We've been already to two concerts with our grandchildren. We've only been here for three weeks. Um, we've gone to ice cream and a cookie place, and we've just had a lot of fun. And you know what we haven't done for three weekends in a row? What? Yard work. <laughs> <laughs> that was part of the deal. Yes, yeah, so we have more time to play than we have for a long time. And we hope that that uh, translates into play with our grandchildren because that's what this is all about. I'm Emily Morgan. And I'm Mike Morgan. And thank you for joining us in Living the Grand Life. Next time on The Grand Life... We're taking a week off because we'll be on the train, and we'll be back with you in two weeks. So that's next time on The Grand Life.